Hey everyone, welcome to episode 8 of the Digital Enterprise. A few weeks ago, I published an article on LinkedIn sharing some thoughts on leadership, especially in the face of the pandemic. I think this week especially, the first week of June, we're all feeling the need for good leadership. I'm really passionate about this topic, so today I'm going to go over some of the ideas raised in the article. So think of it as a voiceover, and don't worry, I'm not just reading the article. Sound good? Okay, let's go. I'd like to start with an exercise. I'd like for you to put on a blindfold and ask someone in your house to lead you around for a few minutes. Go ahead, I'll wait. Hopefully, you took some time to do that. Now, how did it feel? Pretty scary, right? If you asked your kid to lead you, the answer is probably more like terrified. Now, if you didn't try it, do it sometime after the podcast, and I'll fill you in on what it's usually like. It's usually disorienting. You don't have a clear sense of what's around you. You're worried about bumping into something and maybe injuring yourself, or maybe you even did bump into something. And if the person who was leading you simply took your hand and tried to march you around, it probably didn't feel very safe. You may have even felt that you couldn't trust them to keep you safe, depending on how they led you. Now, this is a visceral example of what change feels like to people. And in a past life, I used to do this exercise for a leadership program that I manage. And we would ask the leaders, how would you change your approach so that your blindfolded partner felt less fear? And we watched. They would put their arm around their partner's shoulders. They would walk them, uh, walk with them instead of leading them by the hand. Uh, they would walk at a slower pace. They would call out what's ahead for their partner. And the folks that were blindfolded reported that they felt less anxious than they did before. They felt that they were being cared for, and they felt more trust in their partner. This is important because one of the primary roles for leaders is to guide their people through change. And change is happening every day. Good leaders provide care to their team so that they can navigate that change. With all that's happening, we need good leaders now more than ever before. We've never lived with so much uncertainty where people's lives have been completely disrupted. Millions have lost their jobs, people are afraid, and they and nearly half don't believe that their organizations care about them. I was really worried about that number from a Gallup poll back in March, and, and that was true up until I read another study that said only a third of the U.S. workforce is actively engaged. Uh, another 17% are actively disengaged, which means that they're upset at work and working against the company's interests. And the remaining 50% are just phoning it in. And this has been true for over 10 years. I don't know how organizations can pull out of the worst economic event in U.S. history when more than half of their employees aren't engaged. I mean, imagine your company's in a tug of war, and now imagine that three people are pulling, five people are just loosely holding onto the rope, and another two are pulling in the opposite direction. How are you going to win? you'd better hope that the other team doesn't have four people pulling for them. 
Now, Gallup has been sounding the alarm on this for years. They call it the employee engagement crisis, and they say it costs the country $600 billion a year in lost productivity. Now, this is the other primary role of leaders to get performance from their teams. There's a lot of schools of thought on how to do this. I don't know if there's a right way, but I like to think of my team as an athletic team, and I think of myself as their coach. Coaches, after all, are people whose job it is is to extract performance. A few years ago, I wrote an article about Jim Harbaugh, the head coach of the University of Michigan Wolverines football team. Harbaugh had taken over a team that went 5-7 and seven under the preceding coach. Using essentially the same players, Harbaugh had a 10-3 season his first year at Michigan, including a win over the Florida Gators and the Citrus Bowl. It was not the first time Harbaugh had turned around a team, though. He had done it with the 49ers, he'd done it at Stanford, and other schools as well, proving that good coaching or good leadership matters, and it can make the difference between winning and losing performance. The people who've worked for me will tell you that sports analogies are ubiquitous in my team meetings. And after all, I have people who have specific roles or positions, and they have to have a set of schools in order to do their jobs effectively. Now, some of those skills they're really good at, and there's others that need more work to improve. So to achieve our goals, I need them to perform at a high level, just as any athlete would. So I work to earn their trust. I give them feedback on their performance, how they can improve uh, in order to help their development. And that helps to get a higher performance. Now, none of this should be surprising. We already know that leadership matters. There are plenty of memes that talk about how employees leave their managers, not their jobs. Gallup found that the leadership is the biggest lever when it comes to employee engagement, far and above other considerations like compensation and benefits. But unfortunately, it seems that good leaders are in short supply. Gallup in the same study found that organizations chose the wrong leader more than 80% of the time. They found that leadership abilities were often not the main criteria in selecting a leader, Instead, individual performance or tenure were the key factors in giving someone a leadership role. Now, could you imagine asking the engineer of an airplane to pilot it? Now, of course not. That would be ridiculous. Those are two completely different jobs. But similarly, being a strong salesperson, a smart engineer, or a good accountant doesn't make you better qualified to lead people. Leading people, especially through change or coaching performance, requires solid people skills, vision, empathy, communication, negotiation. Those don't usually emerge from being able to write good code. And I found this misnomer about leadership uh, especially prevalent in technology. People assume that engineers won't respect and therefore follow a leader that doesn't have the same technical depth as their teams. I found this view particularly myopic because I've never found it to be the case in my experience. Uh, I'm definitely not the most technical person that's out there. And when you think about it, you know, just think about a CEO in a company. 
that person is not going to be expert in all of the functions that roll up under the CEO. Um, but yet people still follow them. And what I'm saying is that you don't have to be some kind of alpha engineer and demonstrate your superior engineering prowess to get engineers to follow your direction. Engineers are great at solving problems as long as they know what the problem is. In my experience, if I can give them a clear understanding of the problem, they will definitely come up with the answer. I think the challenge in many organizations is that they don't trust the answer. And look, there's some good reason for that. There's a lot of ways to solve a problem, some of which are better than others. Um, and that's why they want the uber technologists that can draw on their technical expertise and therefore dictate what the right answer should be. But let me offer an alternative. In my role, I have to solve problems that are broad in scope, usually broader than the typical engineers, who are focused on something much narrower. But instead of dictating my answer to how things should get done, I instead invite the engineers to solve my broad problem. How would they tune their answer to the problem set that I have? And I ask them to explain it to me, not just what would they do, but why? Uh, and I ask with genuine curiosity and respect for their experience and expertise. And because there are many possible solutions, I ask more than one person. If I need to get broad alignment, I put them all in one room so we can solve the problem together. Now, who do you get behind? Are you going to get behind the person who tells you what to do? Or are you going to get behind the person who asks you, well, what do you think we should do? Who do you work harder for? And that's really the role of the leader, to get people to give better performance, to line the team in the right direction, to overcome the obstacles and achieve the vision. So it has very little to do with how much you understand AWS or whether you're good at writing a sales proposal or whatever it was you were doing as an individual contributor. Organizations that want to get better leaders should be asking, well, what accomplishment did you lead? How did you get people to follow you? How did you get navigate the differences of opinion? How did you help people grow? And how did you handle poor performance? Ask them how they lead, not what they know because we really need good leaders right now. That's it for today's episode of The Digital Enterprise. Thanks for listening. Tune in for the next episode when I'll be talking about numeracy or data literacy with Cecilia Donez. If you haven't yet subscribed, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and other major platforms. If you like what you hear, I always appreciate five-star reviews. Or if you'd like to provide feedback, send it to dm at digital enterprise with a dot before the SE. Thanks again for listening. Be safe out there. See you next time.